Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Sunday morning. Um, however, I have felt this in my spirit and I wanted to connect with you today. <clears throat> if it's okay today, I want to I wanna just teach for a little while. We are <clears throat> embarking upon a new year and that concept of new and uh, all that comes with it, we are so familiar with what happens at New Year is we feel like, hey, this is a clean slate and I'm about to do better. I'm going to do better in 2022 than I did in 2021. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make some resolutions and I'm going to set some goals. Anybody, anybody in the house already set a few goals, already got a few resolutions. And so we, we have that concept of this is a new year and I'm going to make some, I'm going to put some things in place. I'm going to set up some new year resolutions and all of that is well and good. And I want to help you with that today. However, I want to change it on you just a little bit. And I want to talk to you today about new life resolutions, new life resolutions, not just a year, but I want 2022 to be the year that you change your life. Anybody want 2022 to be the year that your life changes? Not just a better year, not just a, a better 365 days, a better few months, but I want my life to change. And if you're in this house today and you want your life to change, then this message is for you today. This is going to be, um, there's going to be some moments in this word today that I'm going to, I'm probably going to step on your toes, step on my toes today. But God wants us to walk in the newness of life and not just in the newness of a year. That we're going to have a better year, but he wants us to have a better life. He said, I came that you might have life and that you, and that you might have life more abundantly. My life needs to change. Your life needs to change. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that today. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you so much and we're so thankful to be in your house and we're so thankful to be among your people. You are so good. You are so kind. And we feel you here today. We know the crowd is low, but the Holy Ghost ain't low. The Spirit isn't low. Your glory is in this room. We feel your power and your presence. And I pray today, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word today. And we'll be so careful to give you praise, glory, and honor. And the church said amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Give God a shout of praise in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. I'm going to uh, challenge you today to take out a piece of paper and a pen. Or if you don't have that and you have any kind of smart device, <clears throat> then I would like you to take some notes on an iPad or a phone. If you don't know where the notes are on your phone, just search notes. I guarantee you that you have something on there that will help you take some notes. And I want you to, want you to write down a few things for me today. I want you to write down new life 
resolutions. New life resolutions. If you are a guest here today, I want to say how thankful we are to have you and welcome home and we love you already. Can we give our guests a big round of applause? And I promise you most Sunday, most Sunday mornings would not be a lecture. <clears throat> but I want to help somebody today. You know what I could do? I could come up here in 2022 and try to hype you up, but it ain't going to do you no good. It's, it's, uh, it's not going to help you. So uh, I'd rather just give you some real good spiritual and practical advantages to change your life. And the first word I want you to write down is smart. Write down the word smart. If you know anything about uh, goals and setting goals, and you can go to my next uh, slide there, brothers. Smart. Someone say specific. Okay, do you know how to say that word? Because like three people said it. Not Pacific. That's an ocean. I've been trying to tell my dad that for 42 years. Dad, it's specific. Because my dad would be like, let me get Pacific. And then I'll say, let me get Atlantic. And he doesn't like that. Specific. Somebody say specific. Your resolution should be absolutely clear. It should be specific. You should know exactly what it is you want to do. You cannot say I want to be a better Christian. That is too vague. Can I say I want to be a better leader? Too vague. You can't even say I want to be a better person. Too vague. You're not going to achieve that goal because it is way too stretched out there. Your goal needs to be specific. So the S in SMART is specific. And then we have measurable. Somebody write down measurable. Your goal needs to be measurable. Log and track your progress. This will make success viewable and repeatable. Somebody say viewable, viewable. and repeatable. repeatable. You can't change your life if what you are doing to make your life better isn't repeatable. This is why people fail a lot at diets. Because if you're going to decide today, you know what, I'm going to lose weight and I'm about to cut my calorie intake to 500 calories a day, that is not repeatable. Over a long period of time, you're going to be very mad at everybody. You're going to be hangry. No one's going to like you, and then your body's going to start falling apart. It's not repeatable. So it needs to be measurable. You need to know that this is achievable, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. And that is our next one. Somebody say achievable. achievable. Make it achievable. Start with smaller steps. Too big, too quick will only frustrate and stifle you. We're going to talk about some things that we're going to change and they're going to change our life. They're not going to just change us this year. They're not just going to change us this month. But they're going to change our lives. Our lives. If, if you will do the things that I'm going to tell you about today, they will change your life. But if you decide, you know what, I'm going to do it all tomorrow, you're going to lose that battle. You, you, you will not make that happen. If you decide, you know what, tomorrow... I'm going to start praying three hours a day. Well, you're not even going to get through tomorrow. 
unless you can say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah for three hours. And that's not even really praying. It needs to be achievable. And if you start too big too quickly, it's, you're just going to get mad at yourself. And you're going to feel like a failure because you didn't do it. And then we need our goal to be relevant. Somebody say relevant. This is, this is so good. I need you to get this. Now, some of y'all, you've heard this so many times, and you're like, why is pastor <clears throat> talking about smart on a Sunday morning? Because it's smart. And you need to know how to achieve a goal. If you're in this room and you've never heard of the SMART acronym, raise your hand. You've never heard of it before. Raise your hand. Got like one or two people. So most of you know what SMART is, but let me just be redundant again. Relevant. Make sure the goal is worth it. Make sure it matters to you and make it personal. A lot of times we don't achieve our goals because it's not relevant to us. We're actually trying to achieve someone else's goal. And that's not going to give you enough passion and desire to see it, see it through. So if you want to get a degree this year or start working on a degree, if you're going to do that because so-and-so has a degree and you want to be like them, you're not going to achieve that. That's going to be very hard to achieve. If you're going to lose weight because your significant other doesn't like you at the weight you are, that's probably not going to be a very good reason. It may help you along the way, but over time, you're going to just grow resentful. Probably about 500 calories in. You're going to want to snicker, and you're going to want to tell them off. So this goal needs to be worth it. It needs, it, you need to make sure it matters to you, and you need to make it personal. And then finally, it needs to be time-bound, time-bound. Make sure that your goal has a time component. If there is no time constraint, there is no urgency. Your goal to change your life, a new life resolution, needs to fit within a time component. It can't just be one day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to start this. There's a lot of folks that hadn't written, a, written the book that they were going to write because one day they were going to start. Or got a, the education that they wanted because one day. There, there was no time on it. They just, at some point I'm going to do it. We have all fell victim and pray to the, at some point, I'm going to get around to it. It's, it's, it is not a very good goal to set if there is no time constraint involved. We need it to be time bound. Everybody said amen. amen. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <clears throat> Somebody say smart. I want to be smart. I want to, I want to make sure that my goal is specific. I want to make sure it's measurable, achievable, relevant to me, and it falls within a time constraint. I'm just not out here willy-nilly just saying I'm going to do something. So here are the four new life resolutions that I want to talk to you about today. Now that you know how to do it, we're going to talk about 
what they are. That's going to change our life. Now, if this is so elementary to you that you're bored already, it's probably not going to help you at all. But I want to talk about new life resolutions. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Somebody say Bible. Bible. Somebody say church. church. And somebody say diet. diet. Now, some of y'all got so nervous when I got to that diet one. Like Pastor Chavis is about to rebuke me. But stick with me for here for a little while. Because I believe that these four things right here will not just change your year. I believe that these four things right here will change the rest of your life. That the resolution that you make today will not just be a resolution that makes it good for you in 2022. But it will change you to a place where 2023 and 2024 and for the rest of your life there will be resolutions in your heart that change the way you think, change the way you act, change the way you live. They will make you a better Christian. They will make you a better husband, a better wife, a better brother and sister. They will make you a better father. They will make you a better mother. This is not about changing something that's going to help me feel better. This is something that's going to change me where my life will be better. And when there are ups and downs, and there will be, I can manage them because I have new life resolutions and not just new year resolutions. Somebody said amen. amen. We're going to start today with prayer. Somebody say prayer. Amen. Somebody say every day, amen. all day. Amen. Yes, Lord. This is what they said in the book of Luke. In the book of Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. We need to be taught how to pray. Praying does not come naturally for anybody. We need to be taught how to pray. And when we are taught biblically how to pray, John, he said, teach us how to pray even as John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, when you pray, say. So Jesus is about to give them the only biblical example of prayer that Jesus ever gave. This is going to help you today. And if you've been here for a while, you've heard me preach this so many times. But if you've never heard this before, I'm about to help you so much. Because we have made prayer so crazy and so unachievable that none of us even know if we're good at it or not. We, it's not measurable, it's not specific, it's not achievable. A lot of times it's not even relevant to really what we need. We just saying stuff that we heard somebody else say. And, and we're not praying correctly. Somebody say, I want to pray, pray. Biblically. biblically. Here, here's what I guarantee you. I guarantee you that if you pray biblically, your life will change. Here's what Jesus told him. He said, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done at, in earth, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Somebody say daily. daily. Every day. 
So we know for sure this is a daily prayer. That when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he was teaching them that this is an everyday thing. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's it. That's it. Somebody asked me this weekend, um, a, a young uh, pastor couple who I uh, spent some time with this weekend, they asked me, they said, <clears throat> Pastor Chavis, we, we've been having a, a problem in our church, and I don't really know how this is a problem, but for them it is. They said, um, are you called to intercede? Is there, is there a, a calling to intercede? Only some people intercede and then other people don't. And I, I said, no, that's, that's not biblical. Every, every person that prays in the spirit is an intercessor. There, there, there's no intercessory team. I'm sorry. Some of y'all, you, you didn't like what I just said. Because in your head, you're still cultural and you're not biblical. There is no intercessory team. Romans 8 tells us about intercessory prayer. And the, Romans 8 is for the saints. That means everybody. That means when you don't know what to pray, you pray in the spirit. And the spirit makes intercession. Okay? That's intercessory prayer. If you're not in intercessory prayer, and you're not interceding in the spirit, and you're just praying on a regular day, this is how you pray. You pray like this, God, you are so mighty. You don't even need me to be mighty. God, you're so good. I worship you, and you're my father, and your name is worthy to be praised. Lord, I want your kingdom to come in my life today. Whatever you got planned for me in heaven, let it happen on earth today. Right? Lord, give me today what I need today. Because I don't really know what I need. But give me today what I need today. Give me your daily bread. And we're going to get into that in just a second. Daily bread. But I need it today. And Lord, forgive me for all the things that I've done. Things that I've said, things that I thought, actions I took that were not like you, people I've talked about. Forgive me, Lord, as, as, as I forgive every person that I got something against. Everybody that's indebted to me, Lord, as you release me, I release them. And Lord, watch my feet today. So that I don't walk into some junk. Watch my hands today so I don't touch something I'm not supposed to touch. Lord, check my eyes today that I don't see something that I'm not supposed to see. Lord, check my mouth today that I don't say something I'm not supposed to say. Come on, somebody. Lead me not into temptation, but the Lord deliver me. Go before me and deliver me from all the evil that the enemy's trying to do to me on this Monday. Go take care of all that for me. That way I'm not walking into some stuff. This is an everyday prayer. Now, Jesus didn't say how long you had to pray this prayer. And <clears throat> there are several times in the Bible 
that the Bible talks about the hour of prayer. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, can't you pray with me one hour? Just give me an hour. So in my mind, the goal, somebody say the goal, is to have an hour of prayer a day. That's the goal. But you're not going to do that tomorrow. There's a measurable, I need to make this specific, and I need to make it measurable, I need to make it achievable, relevant to me, and I need, I need, to, I need to make sure there's a time limit to it. Somebody say, pick a time, pick a place. Now, if you're not praying at all, if you don't have a consistent prayer life at all, my suggestion, and many of you heard me say this before, my suggestion is pick a time of day and start with five minutes because it takes you about 30 seconds to say this prayer or less. Even if you just start by reciting what Jesus said, just say the prayer. Just say it. This is the Lord's prayer. Just say it. But if you pick a time and you pick a place and you make it measurable, I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to go and go and go. You can't quantify prayer. You can't quantify prayer. There, there is, listen, if the Lord told us, <clears throat> listen, you can pray so many words or so many hours and something will happen, then, then we would make that the, the litmus test. We, we, we would all do that. But Elijah prayed 60-something words and fire fell. He prayed seven times and water fell. You can't quantify prayer. You can't, you can't, you can't quantify, will, will one time work, will 60-something words work, or will a seven times in a row work? I don't know what day that God may come into your little prayer closet in your 6.30 a.m. or 7, 7 o'clock a.m. prayer. I don't know when God may slip into that moment and change everything in your life. But if you don't have it available, he don't, he don't have no place to get into your world. Somebody say, prayer is the door that I open every day to let God into my life. You need to write that down. Prayer is the door I open every day to let God into my world. And I'm no, I don't open that door at 530 in the evening. Because I don't have all these hours of crazy folk, crazy jobs, circumstances, all these issues. The first thing I do in the day is I open the door to my mind with prayer. Now, if you want to start your day off by looking at Instagram, guess what you opened your mind to? If you want to start off by reading all your emails, guess what you opened your mind to? But prayer is the door that opens my, my life to God coming into my world every day. Daily bread. Daily. Watch what the word says. Um, <clears throat> in 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 18, what does it say? It says, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, watch verse 17, pray without ceasing. Now, now Lord, I can't pray all the time. Yes, you can. You can always have a prayer in your heart, a prayer in your mind. Always be giving God glory. Now you, can, you can always stop something for just a couple seconds and say, Lord, I need you to help. 
Lord, help my mind. I'm, I'm struggling right now in Jesus' name. If you, if you just prayed that prayer sometimes, it'd be more than you've been praying. Two seconds, ten seconds, five. All day long, I'm saying little prayers because I'm praying without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Watch this. This is, this is good in verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 5. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The most common question in the church is, what is the will of God for my life? This verse answers it. Here it is. Always rejoice, always pray, and always give thanks. This is the will of God for you. What's God's will for my life? He wants me to always be praising him, rejoicing. He wants me to always have a prayer in my, in my heart and my mind, open communication between me and him, and he wants me to always give thanks, even over the most ridiculous stuff in my life. I'm just finding a way to say, Lord, thank you. And last, somebody say, make it achievable. Make it achievable. Listen, if you normally get up at 9 in the morning, start getting your day going, and, you know, you're at work by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and you're going to decide today, you know what, I'm waking up at 4.30 a.m. I'm going to start me a prayer meeting at 4.30. Listen, if that's what you're going to do, baby, you do you. But I'm going to promise you by 4.35, you're going to be slipping into that REM kneeling by your bed or your couch, wherever you start. Just make it achievable. Say, you know what, I want to I pray. I'm going to start by praying 10 minutes every morning. I'm going to give God the first 10 minutes of my day in prayer. I'm going to open the door to, to him in my life. And so I normally get up at 7, and I'll start my day. I'm going to get up at 6.30. That's, that's, that's more achievable than just randomly being like, 4 o'clock a.m. I'm, I'm, don't, don't be so random with God. Make it achievable. Make it an achievable moment where this is something that I can do. I can be consistent with it. And don't tell me you can't be consistent. You can be consistent. How long have you been working that job? Years. How, how many times have you been late? Probably a handful. Maybe 10 or 20. I don't know. How many days did you just not show up at all? Not many because you still got the job. Right? So you, you can be consistent. You know, you, you hit that gym every day, same time. How, how long is your drive from your house to the gym? 25 minutes? Well, that's a good 25 minutes you can spend with God. Listen, you cannot take something away and not put something in its place. And if you're going to give up something to pray, then you need to put prayer in that place. Whether it be how long? My goal, my goal is I want to be praying at least an hour a day, whether that's 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, but an hour a day, I want to spend time with the Lord about an hour a day. And so that's my goal, but I'm not going to just start by saying I'm, I'm not even consistent in praying now, and then I'm just going to jump to an hour. No, start it measurable, make it achievable. And the second one I want to talk to you about is Bible. Somebody say the Bible. Somebody say every day. Daily bread. I say it again. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Anytime you see the word bread in the Bible, it is a reference to the word of God. It is a reference to God's word. And every day, listen to this, every day there is a morsel of bread every day in that scripture that God has set aside for you 
And if you'll get in that book every day, then God will give you that daily slice that satisfies your soul, encourages you, maybe gives you an answer to a problem you have. Anybody ever been reading the scripture and say, oh, wow, well, there it is. There it is. Man, thank you, Jesus. Because that was a daily piece of bread that God had for you, your daily bread. Someone say, I'm going to pray. Say this with me. Say, I'm going to pray before I read. Because when I pray, I open the door. You know, when I pray, I pull up to the table. But when I read, that's, that, that, that's when I'm receiving now. I need to talk to God. And then when I read my Bible, God talks to me. Now, listen, some of y'all in this room, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Because this is so elementary for you. But you know what? You're probably not consistent at this either. So, so, so just take some notes. And, and, and I'm not, I don't want you to have a good year. I want you to have a good life. God will change your life if you spend a few minutes every day praying to him, talking to him, telling him what you need, and then let him talk to you and fill you with word. If it's five minutes and five minutes. If it's 15 minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of reading. Whatever it may be. <clears throat> now listen, one thing that will help you read the word of God is to take notes. When you're reading the word and it, and, it, and it speaks to you, and even if it don't, take notes about what you read, where you read, and then what that, that moment or whatever the Lord was saying to you in, in, in that reading. Most of the messages I preach at this church I get from daily reading. I don't sit down and be like, okay, Lord, I need, a, I need a message, Lord. Give me a message. That's not how I study. I just have a daily appetite of God's word. And on a daily basis, from time to time, God will show me something I've never seen before. Or I have so much word in me. This is how it happens a lot. I just fill myself with God's word. I read God's word all the time. It's my favorite book. And so I'll be like at a conference. And a man of God will bring a scripture and a, and a message. And that, that scripture connects with something I've been reading for like the last month. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And God will connect dots. But God can't connect dots if I'm not drawing any lines. And, and, and I can't be mad at God if there's nothing in my bucket, if there's nothing in my well. Like, you can't expect water to be in the bucket if you, don't, if you haven't dug a well. Like, it's got to be in the well before it can be in the bucket. <clears throat> and you may be reading for months and months and months, taking little notes here and there, not feel anything, but one day, boom, God just says, doop, doop, dip, doop, dip, doop, dip, dip, dip. That's it. That's what I needed. I needed that word today. My daily bread. My daily bread. Take notes. Take notes. Somebody say map. If you've never read the Bible before, and many of you have not, and if you don't have a daily diet of reading the Bible, and you're kind of like, ah, where do I start? I'm going to give you a great way to start. Everybody say map. Matthew, Acts, and Proverbs. Matthew is going to tell you about the life of Jesus, his life and his death. Acts is going to tell you about the church, the birth of the church. And all the information about the church, it's the early years of the church is Acts. Proverbs is going to give you good 
biblical wisdom. Just smart things. Things you should do. Now, Matthew, Acts, and Proverbs all have 30 to 31 chapters in them. So you can read a chapter in Matthew, a chapter in Acts, and a chapter in Proverbs every night. And for the month, you will have read about the life of Jesus, the birth of the church, and some good wisdom. You can't go wrong with that. That's, that's a great, listen, we're trying to make it, what, 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 what are we trying to do? We're trying to make it achievable, measurable. I'm trying to make it relevant. I don't just want to just, listen, if you've never read the Bible before, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible, and you accidentally open that Bible up to Chronicles, and for three chapters, it's Bezat, get Zerat, and Zerat, beget Tomalu, and, and, and Billy Bob, beget. You're like, I can't read this. Zarephat and Zimelay and Zilman, and you're like, whoa. This sounds like sounds the back of a pill bottle. <laughs> Sodium benzate. And, wow. You will be confused. So start in a way where you, you begin to get an appetite. Because if you start in Matthew, Acts, and Proverbs, and you do that for a couple months, you're going to be like, you know what? I wonder what Mark had to say and Luke and John. And it, it, it builds the appetite. It's measurable. It's achievable. I'm not trying to say, by God, I'm reading the entire Bible this year. And you got 30 chapters to read tonight. <laughs> You're like, well, maybe not. And you get frustrated because it's not measurable. And you're like, well, I'm, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a failure. Don't, if, if you don't make it measurable, you, you will feel the frustration and it'll just stifle you. But if you make it measurable and achievable in small steps, by the end of this month, by the end of this month, you could have read Matthew, Acts, and Proverbs. And you will be farther along than most Christians you know. Here's what he said in the, in the word of God in Psalms 119. <clears throat> if you ever want some good verses about the word of God, read Psalms 119. In Psalms 119, watch, watch verse 9. Watch verse 9 of Psalms 119. He said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How can I clean up my life? Not this year, but my life. He said, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Listen, you can't shout your way clean. You can't sing your way clean. You can't jump your way clean. The way you get clean is you open that word up and you let that sword start cutting away. Let that oil pour on you. The word of God, that's what he said. Watch verse 11 in 119. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart. This is 119 verse 11. That I might not sin against thee. So, so we know now that the word is a prophylactic against sin. Oh, y'all don't want to talk back. The word is a guard against sin. How many of you got a sin problem? Don't lie to the preacher. Raise your hand, everybody. Raise a foot, somebody. Raise both hands. Put up a kneecap. The word will help you with your sin issue. Yeah, it'll clean you. It'll keep you. He said in verses 103 and 10, through 105, 
<clears throat> he said, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Psalms 119, 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts, <clears throat> thy words, I get understanding. Therefore, somebody say therefore. I hate every false way. He said, Lord, through your word, I get understanding. And when my understanding is sharpened, I hate every false way. Mm. He said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's Psalms 119, verses 103 through 105. <clears throat> That's what we need in our life. We need that word that'll help us. It was... Jesus himself in Matthew 4 and 4, as a defense against Satan's entourage, he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And Jesus told him in Matthew 22 and 29, he said, you make mistakes. He said, you do err. You do err, not knowing the scripture, nor the power of God. You make a mistake if you don't know the scripture. The scripture will keep you from falling. Oh, hallelujah. You need the Bible in your life. You need the word of God in your life. If you've been here for a while, you know this is nothing new to you. My job as a pastor is to interest you in God's word. My job as a pastor is to create an appetite for you for God's word. I want you to read it day in and day out. It will consume you. Eat the book. Eat the book. Eat the book. Yeah. A guy th this weekend was talking about um, when, his, uh, when his wife had a, had a C-section. And he said he was so nervous. It was his first baby. He was so nervous. And he said, he said that uh, he's like in the room with his wife and he's like terrified about what's about to happen. He said, and the two surgeons come in. Two surgeons. He said they walk in, and they're like cutting up. They're like, ha, 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 like even the elbow. They're like, yeah, bro, bye. He's, they're, they're like laughing. And they're just like fist bumping and, and cutting up, talking about sports or whatever. And he's like mortified. He's like, this is inappropriate. Like, y'all just laughing? Like, this is like a serious situation. And he said, then it hit him. He said, no, I would rather them be laughing. Then be like, hey, what, um, what are we doing? What, uh, what, what chapter is C-section in again? Uh, you, can, can you pull up a YouTube video? <clears throat> he said, those men could be comfortable in that moment because they didn't read the book. They ate the book. And, and, and they were comfortable. You don't, you don't want to get in a situation where the enemy gets you backed in the corner and you don't even know. And you're like, hold on a second, let me call my pastor. Uh, hey, why, uh, why, why do we uh, baptize in Jesus' name again? You need that word in you that you can be like, ha, come, come on, bro, give me a fist. Let me, let, me, let me break it down for you. Sit down. Come at me, bro. Let's talk about this. It gives you confidence in the word. But it also gives you confidence to walk uprightly before your God. 
third, and I'm, 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 I'm trying to be fast. I'm sorry, y'all. It's my first message of 2022. <laughs> Somebody say church. church. Say it again, church. church. Yeah. Psalms 111 and 1. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Now, this may not feel like the best time to preach this message because half of our church is not here. But I understand why they're not. There's a good excuse. And there ain't but a few good excuses to miss church. You need to be in the house of the Lord. I said you need to be in the house of the Lord. I'll tell you why. Because Hebrews 10 verses 24 through 25 tells us this. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. If you can't see the day approaching, you're not looking. We need to be meeting more and not less. We need more church. You need more church, not less church. Why? Because the day is approaching. You need to be faithful to church. Church is where you gain strength. Now listen, you've been coming here long enough to know that I believe that the church is not this building. That we together as the body of Christ, <clears throat> we make up the church. It's not brick and mortar, sheetrock and paint. I get it. But there is a house. There is an assembly. There is a place that we come together. And we cannot be a congregation if we don't congregate. Somebody said amen. <clears throat> I'm going to drink me a little water. We cannot call ourselves the congregation of the most high if we're not congregating. Over 2020 and 2021, we saw a pull away from congregating. <clears throat> not because people were not in love with Jesus. It was a necessary thing. We were being wise, right? However, missing church has been a problem before COVID. Yeah. Church needs to be important to you. Somebody said, I need to show up and I need to serve. A lot of times people aren't coming to church because there's nothing to do here except come in. It's just a check in a box. But if you'll show up and you'll find a place to serve, we got plenty of places to serve. If you'll show up and you'll serve somehow, some way, somebody. Listen. There's some folks in here right now, you're not interested in serving, you're, you're interested in leading. And uh, I don't got no time for that. I really don't. I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. I ain't got no time for that because even my leaders, the only, the only reason they became leaders is because I saw a commitment of serving in them. And you're not just going to walk in the door and, and lead. You're going to serve, and if I don't see no serveability in you, then there's no leadership in you. I need to see that you can serve even when you're not the head. 
because I believe the Lord wants to know you can serve. Because he was the greatest in the room and put on a towel and knelt down and served those who were weaker than him. He gave us an example of leadership is that I'm a servant. The word minister literally means servant of all. It means if I am a minister, I'm serving everybody. As the pastor of this church, it is literally my job to serve you. We get to serve you. I get to serve God and I get to serve God's people and there is no greater joy in that. You got to get involved. You would say, well, pastor, I just feel disconnected at this church. Well, what are you doing? You feel disconnected? What are you doing? What are you showing up to? Did you come to the young marriage event? No. Okay, did you come to the ladies' event? No. Did you come to the men's prayer? No. Did you come to youth service on Wednesday night? No. You come to Sunday school? No. You come to Bible study? No. Did you come to church on Sunday? No. Well, I would feel disconnected too. Well, we only get to make it one time during the week, and that's fine. And I'm not, I'm not dogging on you. That, that, that's fine. I get that. But don't be mad when you feel disconnected because that is a disconnecting feel. Don't, don't be mad at the church because the church isn't connecting you. We got more stuff going on you can shake a stick at. Sister Denise and Sister Chavis, they got small group, ladies small groups going on all the time. Zooms, meetings, got all kinds of stuff going on. There's no reason not to be involved. The youth have stuff going on all the time, all throughout the year and every week. You, 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 can't, you can't get mad. Well, I just feel like we're just so disconnected. We show up. Come to stuff. Show up. You know, we got about a, in our call log, we got about 170 men. And we had about 40, 50, our last men's meeting. And we had a great time. Brother Yusuf preached an amazing word. He, he, he taught us an amazing word. And we had a lot of fellowship. We laughed. We cut up. But then I'll have men call me and be like, I just don't feel like I'm connected. Well, we, we have an event. We, we want you to come get connected. You, you got you to come and show up. You can't, you can't sign your kid up for soccer and never show up to a game and then tell your coach, I don't feel like my kid's getting playing time. Of course, they're not here. It's the same thing with church. People, you're in church, get involved in it. Show up, get here early, leave late, love on people, find a place to serve, connect with people, connect with more than your 15. There's some clicks in here. Well, I know I'm right. I'm the man of God. I know I'm right. There's some clicks up in here. And, 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 and God ain't happy with you. Listen. If you don't think you would click, invite five people that you don't know tonight. If you can do that, then you're not a click. Invite somebody else. Get involved. Get connected. Love on people. Bring someone. Listen, you will love coming to church if your friend's coming with you. If you've been talking to your friend at work and they're like, hey, I'm coming to church Sunday, guess who's going to be at church Sunday? You. Even if your friend don't come, they stand you up. 
you're going to be here. Yeah. When as a man of God, as a pastor, and not only pastoring but ministering for many years and helping my father out in his church for many years, the people who are on fire for God are the people who are putting in the work. Showing up, getting involved, putting in the time. I'm not here to offend anybody. If you offended with me, then, you're, then your spirit's already wrong. Your spirit's wrong, and I'm talking to you, and it's hurting. That's all it is. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. I don't want you to have a good year. I want you to have a good life. And the church is the center of it. The church is the center of it. Be in the house of God every chance you can. If you got to miss, I understand it. Miss. I'm going to miss too. I'm going to be preaching somewhere. I'm going to be on vacation. I'm not going to be able to be here, and that's going to be just fine. But I'm not missing just to miss. I'm going to try to break my neck to be here. Yeah. I'm going to try to break my neck to be here. I'm going to be in attendance even when I don't feel good. I'm going to be in attendance when my, when, my, when my mind's messed up. He said, well, of course, you, of course you're going to be here. You're the pastor. I know. I know. However, the reason the Lord called me and the reason the Lord has elevated me to the position of a pastor is because I felt the same way when I was a nobody. I felt the same way when I was nothing and I was serving as an usher in my dad's church wearing an ugly green vest and opening doors for people. The zeal of the house of the Lord had eaten me up. And you know where I sat when I was, when I was in that period of my life? On the front row with a notepad in my hand eating everything I could get. You know what I was doing during the day? I was working for an oil company and I had a Tupperware box sitting beside me with preaching tapes in it. And that's what I listened to all day long. I was hungry. You don't just show up one day and it just happens. I was hungry. I fought to get what God has put in my life. It didn't just, it didn't just come out of nowhere. The calling did. I was unworthy. No way I should have been. But the calling of God was so powerful in my life that I fought. Listen, my dad told me no for six years but I never talked against him. He aggravated me to no end, but I never lifted my voice against my pastor. And when men of God who, were, who had power and authority would call me and try to get me to go against my father and say, come on anyway, my wife would tell you, I told him no. I respect you, but my, that's my man of God. And I'm not doing that without my man of God's approval. Because there's some favor in your life that you can't pray your way into, fast your way into, give your way into, or shout your way into. You have to submit your way into it. I'm submitted. I'm involved. This church, this church will love you. Right in the middle of your mistake. This church will care for you. This church will hold you up. This church will show up in the middle of the night when nobody else is there. This church will make dinners, cook soup, show up early, leave late. We'll set up for birthday parties. 
We'll do. We've done it all. We'll help you move. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, we'll do it because we're a community. That's the church. That's what the church should be, amen? If it's just a place where we just come and, and just spend a couple minutes, a couple hours, and then, and then leave out, then, then we're just a social club. But we are in this together. Yeah. I'm going to read one more scripture for you here. Psalms 107, 31 through 38 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man. Watch what it says. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Here's what will happen if you exalt him in the congregation and praise him in, this, in the assembly of elders. Watch what it says in verse 33. He'll turn, rivers into, he'll turn rivers into a wilderness and water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell there. He'll turn the wilderness into a standing water and a dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant the vineyards which may yield fruit of increase. He Bless them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. He said, I'll dry up what needs to be dried up and I'll bring water where there needs to be water. I'll, I'll cause things to go away and I'll cause things to show up. Last one. Somebody say diet. Diet. Now, I, the pastor of this church, need to go on a diet because I'm big as a house. <laughs> I just been eating. I, in 2021, I just ate everything I wanted to eat in 2021. Um, I was building a church in 2021, and so I just ate whatever I wanted to eat. So what, love? Uh, I thought you said something. It sounded like you said Amen. It's not like you said, preach it, babe. But that's not the diet I'm talking about today. Somebody say, you are what you eat. Yeah. James 1, 14 through 16 says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then when lust conceive, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err. My beloved brethren, I want to tell you today <clears throat> that the diet of your mind is affecting you. Yeah. What you consume is what you will become. I want to encourage you today to turn off some stuff. If you just have a diet of social media all the time, you are spiritually anemic and you don't even know it. <clears throat> if all you do is binge watch shows and movies, you are affected by everything your eye sees. Yeah. Watch, watch Lamentations 3 and 51. Lamentations 3:51 says this, Mine eye affecteth my heart because of the daughters of my city. Somebody say, my eye 
affects my heart. What I see affects how I feel. Mm. Watch Job 31 and verse 7. 31 verse 7, Job. If my step hath turned away, turned out of the way, and my heart walketh after my eyes, and if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands. My heart walketh after my eye. Your eye controls your heart. So you need to be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Yeah. He tells us in Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 17, he said, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth after the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. So that you cannot do the things that ye would. You can't do what God wants you to do if you are feeding the carnal man all the time. You cannot do the things that you would. If you are feeding the carnal man, then you are. You are carnal. We have a carnality problem in the church today. Yeah. We need to eliminate mindless intake. Let me say it again. Eliminate mindless intake. I knew it was going to get quiet right here because you don't want nobody talking about your social media. You don't want nobody talking about your Netflix. You don't want, to, you don't want nobody talking about your favorite show. But if your favorite show is full of lust and hatred and drug use, and your eye is being affected, and so is your heart. Every man is tempted. Who do you think you are? Every man is tempted. Watch what he says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passed away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So if you want to change your life, if you're in this room today and you are seriously desiring to change your life, new life, resolution then you need to watch what you eat watch what you intake watch what you let sit before your eye Lord I will let no evil thing sit before my eye you need to do a fast and then you need to do it again I'm calling this church to a fast I'm calling you as your pastor to fast. If you're going to fast from food, do it right. Whether you're going to do a Daniel's fast, do that. If you're going to do a Daniel's fast, do it right. French fries and ketchup is not a Daniel's fast. If you're going to fast from food, do it right. Only water. 
if you're going to fast from social media or media, do it right. Just take it off your phone. Separate yourself from it. Just, listen, I promise you, if you would take the next 30 days and have no media in your life, it would change you. Yeah. A lot of you have experienced this before because you've been to like youth camps or something. You've experienced something like this before because you've been to like youth camps. And you go to youth camp, they don't let you have your phone, they don't let you. And so by Friday night, everybody's detoxed. And kids are caught, you know, chewing the wall up and running around and people are getting the Holy Ghost and swinging from the chandeliers. And kids who ain't even spiritual shouting, flip-flopping like a fish. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. Well, the reason is because they've had three or four days separated from every carnal thing that does so easily beset them. We have a problem with carnality in our generation, and we need to deal with it. And the way we deal with it is we understand that the only way for me to have a good relationship with media is to make sure that I can push away from it at any time. At any time. If you, if you have a teenager in this, in this church today, if you want to know if your teenager is addicted, just take their phone. Just say, hey, give me your phone for the day. I'm going to keep your phone for the day. And see the attitude that won't show up. If you, listen, here's a good litmus test. If you are in a relationship with a young man or a young lady in this room right now, and they're not willing to give you their phone and their passcodes, there's a problem. Whether that's your husband or your boyfriend, your wife or your girlfriend. If you want to really know where they're at, say, hey, let me see your phone. Give me your codes. That's when you're really going to know. Because this right here, this right here is a few ounces. But, brother, it is a weight that does so easily beset us. It's just diet. It's a diet. It's a diet. It's a continual intake of mostly things that are not really from God. If you would flip it, if you would today, at some point today, just open your phone up and open up your settings and look at your usage on this phone. And then it'll break it down. This phone will break it down. If you have an iPhone, it'll break it down for I don't know about droids, but iPhones will. iPhone will break it down for you. It'll show you how much time you spend on social media. It's in there. It's in, it's in your settings right now. And just, just say, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just for the next 30 days, I'm going to flip this. And I'm, all the time that I gave to social media, I'm going to stop that. So whether it's two hours, three hours, four hours, and I'm going to turn that either to praying, reading the Bible, or doing a Bible study, or being around people who are going to lead me to the right things. And you just flip it just a little bit. It's going to affect you. If everybody in this room today, if everybody in this room today said, you know what? For the next 30 days, all I'm eating is chicken and broccoli. 30 days from now, this church will look different. 
That's just a fact, Jack. But I'm not going to be eating no chicken and broccoli for 30 days straight. This ain't happening. Because it's not measurable. And honestly, it's not achievable. And for me to just say, So if I want to change my life, then I need to start somewhere. Let's split it in half. Or let's do, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to do this part, you know. I don't, I don't know if I can really do, the, do the, uh, a whole day with no food, but you know what, I'm going to go until 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm not going to eat anything. And then, but, but I'm doing this as a, as a goal set yeah. because I want to be able to do a whole day. And I want to be able at some point to do a biblical three-day fast. Most Jewish fasts are three days. It's a directional fast. And I want to get up to that point. But if you leave here today and say, you know what, I'm not eating Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Let me tell you, by Monday night, you're going to have a problem. Your head going to be hurting. You're going to be going getting rapid tested. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got COVID. I'm dying. I'm pretty sure. They'll be like, nah, man, you just, <laughs> your body is addicted to sugar and, and caffeine and all kinds of stuff, and your body is saying, what are you doing right now? Start somewhere. Make it achievable. Don't just keep doing mindless activities over and over and over again. Change up your process. Take your phone, put it across the room. That way you can't grab it first thing in the morning. Put it in a box. Get your phone. Get you a cardboard box. Push a little hole through it so you can put your charger in there. Put it in there. In that cardboard box, close the top of it, put your piece of tape over it, and write, pray. So when you, when you get up in the morning and you go over to your other side of your room to get your phone, there's a reminder, you know what, I'm not, I'm not getting that box out. I'm not getting that phone out until I pray. I mean, you got to make it measurable. You got to make it achievable. You got to make it attainable. And it has to be specific. What, what do you have a problem with right now? Well, that should be something in your life that you should maybe take time away from. Because I'm not, I'm not here today to teach you how to have a good 2022. I want to teach you how to have a good life. And if you will pray, and if you will read your Bible, and if you will make church a priority, and you will stop feeding the carnal man every time he's hungry, then you will not just have a great year, you'll have an unbelievable year, an un unimaginable, powerful, spiritual, life-changing year. But it'll go over to the next year and the next year and the next year because it's about making my life better, not just about making this year better. I want new life resolutions in my life. Would you stand with me? I'm sorry for holding you so long today. I know this ain't been no running aisles message. But if your legs are not tired from running, I hope your toes are sore today. Because mine are. I got to make changes just like you. God has to work on me on things just like God's going to work on you on things. I need, I need to get better. Because if, if I'm going to lead you, then, then I got to be praying more, fasting more, seeking more. I believe that 2020, 2022 is going to be a year of harvest. I believe that. God's going to bring us souls in 2022. This city is about to be turned upside down by this church. 
But God is not about to do a work in a church that's full of carnal people. We're going to have to pray more than we ever prayed. Getting that word more than we've ever gotten that word. We're going to have to make church priority. And I get it. I get it. We may have to cancel here and there. People get COVID. We, we, we're going to be wise. We're going to be smart. We're going to take precautions. Absolutely. But we're going to make church a priority. We're going to make church a priority. And we're going to change up our diet. We say, Lord, I want to give you the time that I'm giving all these other things. I'm giving all these other things time, and I'm not giving you time. I'm not giving the people of God time. I'm not giving church time. I'm just, I'm just feeding the carnal man over and over again and hoping that he's not strong enough to affect my life. He is. My heart follows my eyes and my heart is affected by my eyes I gotta make some adjustments amen I gotta make some adjustments I'm not I'm not necessarily gonna do an altar call today I understand the the season that we're in but but for just a moment if you if you want to come you, you can but right where you are would you just make a commitment to the Lord for the next few moments? Would you say, Lord, I, I'm going to do, do better this year be, be, because I'm not interested in just making 2022 good. I want to I make my life good. I, I don't want to just have a good year. I want to have a good life. I want to make a new life resolution today that you will change me, encourage me, lift me, elevate me. Would you do that all over this room right now? Would you begin to pray? Would you begin to consecrate? Consecrate yourself today, Lord. I'm available for you. I commit my life to you today. I commit time, Lord, that I've given to other things. Lord, I'm going to pray more. I'll start small, Lord. I'll start in an achievable, measurable way. But I'm going to give you more time in my day, every day. Every day of my life, I'm going to give you more time. Lord, every day of my life, I'm going to... I'm going, to, I'm going to read your word. I'm going to educate myself on your, on your purposes for my life. Lord, every, every day, every day I'm going to focus on the church. Even if I'm not sitting in the pews, I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to love on people. I'm going to invite people. Lord, I thank you for my church. And I want to, I want to affect my church, Lord. I want to be connected to my church. Jesus' name. And Lord, I, I want to change up my diet. I want to, Lord, sometimes I just get carried away. I just watch whatever I want to watch. I listen to whatever I want to listen to. When I play games that, that, that do not edify your name, edify what, what, what you love. And God, I need, I need to take a step back from those things. And Lord, we're so enamored with it. But God, today we make commitment. We make, we make some resolutions today, Lord, not just new year, but new life resolutions. Because I want my life to be changed. Come on, would you take just a moment here and would you just lift your voice all over this house? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.